Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I'm ringing the bell for real-time engagement with the Father over the next 30 days. In this month of September, What are you doing to step forward into the assignment that God is preparing you for? Do not let bitternesses of the past keep you tied to those things in a box where you feel like you have no options. My friends, God has put His life within you, and He has put the power to make proper decisions in your control. So let's step forward. I'm ringing the bell for real-time engagement with the Father in the month of September. Love you all. Take a listen, share with others, subscribe to Tent Talk, and let's get the message out, because now is the time, my friends. All right, here we are, ringing the bell for the month of September. I am reading today from Chapter 3 of my book, From Trauma to Trust, The Making of a Messenger. My friends, remember this, your deliverance from self and the resulting uh, depth of healing and deliverance that will come as you come under the care of God um, is not the end. It is the means to the end. We're going from the trauma of being under our own care, of living independent from God, and we're coming into that place of trust, which can only happen as we receive the very capacity of Jesus himself to trust the Father. My friends, you can't heal the image of God enough for you to just naturally trust God. You'll come up with your own image of him. Uh, You will then try to trust your image of him. Listen to me carefully. I'm ringing the bell in the Spirit. My friends, we are those who have been ushered into the kingdom of the living God, where He rules and reigns in our hearts with love and power and a sound mind He gives us. It's His mind, the mind of Christ. It's His trust in the Father that He gives us. Do not live in an inheritance other than the one that Jesus Christ has bequeathed unto you. In his death and in his resurrection and ascension, he has poured out his very life and nature and his mind into your spirit, and you have come alive to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to be crazy anymore. (laughs) You have the mind of Christ. You do not have to any longer live in Uh, the throes and thrashings of the emotional turmoil and chaos that maybe like me, you've lived in, you know, you know, cooking on the edge all the time, just always throttling high on the edge and never knowing how to live in the boring, mundane drudgery of every day. And then when it does hit, oh, we do not even know what to do. So I want you to understand that You have the capacity, if you're born again, you have the capacity to trust the Father the same way that Jesus did. Jesus is going to reveal the Father to you, and your response will be to Him, the living God, not to just an image that you're trying to trust. My friends, this is not going to work. It hasn't worked. It's never going to work. The only thing that works is the magnificent salvation that we've received from Jesus. 
Now, I think on our next episode, I'm going to talk about coming out of the box of your bitterness. But today, I want to talk about chapter 3, not talk about, but read the chapter to you, chapter 3, called My Cross Encounter, The Beginnings of Life, and then the reflection questions that come at the end. So here we go. He has wounded me to heal me. Hosea 6.1 When and I began our walk in the Lord together, we were surrounded by the right people for us. God says in Isaiah 43.4, quote, Because you are precious in my sight and honored, and because I love you, I will give men in return for you. Close quote. His people, once irritating and bothersome, were now the people I wanted to be with as much as possible. On days where doubts flooded my mind and accusations were my constant companion, I would be reminded of the scripture, 1 John 3.14. We know that we have passed over out of death into life by the fact that we love the brethren. If I was loving Christians, there had to be a God. After some days passed, about 30, I made an appointment with the pastor of our new church. As I approached the appointment, my suspicion, cynicism, and fear were rapidly rising to the surface. I couldn't imagine what this man would be able to tell me. Would he really have any idea about what I had lived through? Would he be able to really understand me? Having grown up in church, I knew the Bible said I was supposed to forgive those who wronged me, but I knew I couldn't. Would he simply tell me what I already knew? What I thought would be my exit out became my entry in. I found my new pastor to be as gracious a man up close as he was from the pulpit. I came into the meeting and said, I have given my heart to Jesus and I want to obey him, but if you tell me I have to forgive my dad, I can't do it. There, I said it. The controversy between God and me concerning the abuse at my dad's hands was laid out on the conference room table. He, my pastor, smiled and continued on in grace. He shared some of his own life story, and slowly but surely, I began to believe that he might be able to understand my battle. I clearly remember that he quoted Psalm 103.14, quote, He, God himself, knows our form. He is mindful that we are nothing but dust, close quote. My pastor just as others had done a few days prior, unleashed the word of God upon me with so much love and sincere faith. It began to divide me as a sharp sword, as a surgeon's scalpel, wounding me to heal me. What made no sense to me previously was now flooding my mind as the most brilliant thing I had ever heard. He told me God was fully aware of my total inability to enact his word in my own strength. But then he continued. That's why he sent Jesus, Nancy. Now the question becomes, will you let Jesus do through you on purpose as an act of your will what only he can? He assured me that God would not do it in spite of me, but only with my full and free cooperation. What I thought was my excuse out was my way in. God knew I couldn't. He wasn't asking me to do it. He was offering me the opportunity to let him do it through me. The issue was, will I let him do it? I was learning in this moment something I would grow to highly value over the years. God would never violate my will. My motive at the time was simply no longer to be bitter, angry, and drunk. 
the glory of God would have to come later. The gospel of Jesus Christ was flooding my soul and setting me free. It was all true and real. He wasn't just asking me to jump through impossible religious hoops. He was inviting me into his life to live like him. He forgives his enemies, and he was enabling me to do the same. I felt the smothering weight of the world, and my dad began to leave me. Then, in a flash, thoughts of my dad, the years of sexual abuse, the callous and cowardly acts of selfish sexual gratification when he violated me, crashed in on my consciousness, and the bitterness was rising in my throat again. The world and its support groups told me I had every right to be angry. It was not right what had happened. It was not fair. I was realizing more and more that my right to be angry was just the ground demons needed to flourish in my life. And I think proper selfishness began to take place. I thought, I don't want to be infested with demons anymore. I don't want to carry this weight any longer. If God will really take care of this through my willful obedience to him, then why wouldn't I do it? My pastor asked me again, Are you willing? And without even thinking, I responded, No. And he asked again, Then are you willing to be made willing? And I quietly uttered, Yes. I was hearing for the first time how I could make a decision separate and apart from my emotions. Here the inner working of the power of the cross began to destroy the foundation of my prison, my independent nature. This was not just a theological story, but my biblical reality. Just as sure as Paul and Silas sang in the midnight hour, my pastor spoke in unison with God and sang songs of deliverance over me simply by speaking cross-infused words. Shackles don't just randomly fall off and prison doors don't magically swing open. Someone has to sing like a sun when all looks dark, knowing all new days begin in what looks like the dead of night. My pastor led me in a simple prayer of forgiveness, and life began rushing to places in me that had almost entirely atrophied. And he then said, Let's pray for your dad. <laughs> I sincerely said, What? You mean pray for him to be run over by a Mack truck? I remember him smiling and saying, No, let's pray for God to bless him. Bless him, I replied. And here it came again. Old obsessive thoughts raced through my mind. Hearing the pastor even mention to pray for God to bless my dad was like a red flag to a bull. It caused the battle within me to rage. I knew it was my decision. The battle raged for a few seconds more as I grappled with my guttural emotions. And once again, I fell into Jesus. So through raw obedience, I prayed a big old prayer that went something like this. Bless him, God. And packed into those three words were the life and voice of God washing through me and over my dad. I was repenting of my sin of unforgiveness. I was learning that when I received the forgiveness of God just a few days prior, I had forfeited my right to ever withhold it from anyone else. I wasn't being the bigger person. I was encountering my big God and his powerful cross. 
I'm so glad that the simplicity of obedience brought me into the tent of God's presence, whether I fully grasped it all or not. The full unlimited obedience of Jesus on the cross was working deep inside of me. I was experiencing the early days of my abiding oneness with him. This was one of many moments when I heard myself say, Has this been in the Bible all this time? I was simply stunned at the revelation that was pouring out from this book I thought I was so familiar with. The Bible I was suddenly hearing with sharpness and clarity had been on my headboard during early morning bouts of sexual abuse by my dad. It had ridden around in the trunk of my car, covered with fast food boxes and empty beer bottles. I had flipped through its pages during Bible sword drills each Sunday afternoon to find scriptures in Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, and other magnificent little holy books that I had no understanding of or appreciation for. Could it really be that inside this book that had been so close to me through dark nights and abusive mornings was life held in trust for me? I remember one of the first feelings I had was a very intense and sad regret that I had lived in such angry ignorance of all he was and all he had done. It was overwhelming, yet had to be embraced if I was to live. It was now required to look full face into the very things I had held at bay for so long. The hunt was almost over. The final encounter was near. This level of hell's stranglehold over me was being loosened by the free act of my own will. Tidal waves of reality were hitting over and over again. The earthquake had begun years ago, and now the tsunami waves were finally hitting the shore. It was exhausting and necessary. I was walking away from living life according to my way and taking my first baby steps onto the good old ancient way the way of the cross. I realized I would only get to the wide open spaces of my life with him through this narrow gate. That which was pressing tight and wickedly deceptive was being destroyed while I was making a clean getaway. The narrow gate simply kills that which is trying to kill me. Enter in with me if you are willing to have a cross encounter. Chapter 3, Reflections. Question, what pivot points do you recognize in this chapter? Question, can you identify pivot points you may need to allow in your life? Question, what new thought are you experiencing about the power of the cross? My friends, I leave you with that today. And I pray that the redemptive reading of my story takes you deeper into your story with him. I'm ringing the bell for real-time engagement with the Father. Don't let anything hold you back from him, my friends. Step forward and let him speak to you. I love you all. Talk to you soon. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.